Welcome to B2B Marketers on the Mission, a podcast for B2B marketers that helps you to question the conventional, think differently, disrupt your industry, and take your marketing to new heights. Each week, we talk to B2B marketing experts who share inspirational stories, discuss their thoughts on trending topics, and provide useful marketing tips and recommendations. And now, here's your host and co-founder of I'm Like Consulting, Christian Klepp. Okay, welcome everyone to this episode of the B2B Marketers on the Mission podcast, where you get your weekly dose of B2B marketing insights. This is your host, Christian Klepp, and today I am thrilled to be joined by someone who is on a mission, and he's made it his mission, to drastically increase your website revenue using the rule of 26 and proven website marketing techniques. So, Michael Bozinski, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Christian. All right, let's just get this started, man. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Sure. Mike, you've been in the business of helping uh, service-centric companies to generate more leads and maximize sales from their website for many years. So let's use that as the topic for today's conversation. I had a peek at your LinkedIn profile, as I do, and you talk about how you can help companies to take control of their marketing without having to learn marketing. Now, that kind of sounds a little bit counterintuitive, but I'm sure there's a rationale behind that. So care to explain? Uh, For the most part, when we're dealing with marketing for service-based businesses, we're, we're talking with folks who are their craftsmen, right? So the CPA, the lawyer, the programmer, the you, you name it, right? That they are really good at that part. And a lot of times they're not the best at business or marketing. And marketing is probably the last thing that they ever thought they were going to have to get involved with. And so for those people, they rely on other people to do their marketing. But if you don't know what's going on, you don't know what you're paying for. And so when I talk about simplifying the process, I talk about simplifying the strategy. That way you can identify the things you don't know because we don't know what we don't know. Therefore, we can then pick the things that we're comfortable learning if we want to learn them, but we don't have to learn all of it because we understand what's going on just enough to be able to hire people who know how to do it really well. That's a fair point. Just from your experience, and I just want to like... um probably jam on that a little bit further. Like, sure. do you feel that a lot of the people that you work with and that you serve, do they tend to be trained overthinkers? Like, do they tend to overthink a lot of these uh, these marketing strategies and approaches? I think there's a mix. It's a mix. It's a huge mix. You mm-hmm. have the people who have read too much and think they understand it, but since they've never applied it, they don't understand the pitfalls and the struggles, Time, uh, reasonable timelines, reasonable expectations, those types of things. Any of the other people who have read a couple of things, just enough to say they know it's out there and they're just looking for those buzzwords to latch onto and say, oh, you know that thing, so you must, you'll be able to take her. And then they think it's all on you. And so you get this mix of folks who are micromanagers because they've overcomplicated the process by reading too many sources and the under um, the folks who understand that it's a team effort that because they've read that, well, the pros know what they're doing. And so, you know, I don't tell the doctor how to operate on me. So I shouldn't tell, I shouldn't have to talk to my marketer to market me the best. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. And, you know, from your um, your years of uh, your many years of being in the business, you've probably seen it all. So just uh, talk to us about some of these uh, these common mistakes and misconceptions you've seen out there, especially when it comes to uh, generating sales and leads from websites and what people should do to address these. So the biggest mistake I run into with B2B websites is that we build this website and then all of a sudden people are going to be visiting it out of the blue. 
right? That's the biggest one, right? You don't build it and they will come, right? Right, right? Yeah. And I and I liken it to a brick and mortar. You can build a you can build a brick and mortar, but that doesn't mean anybody knows where it's at. And a website is a brick and mortar in the virtual world in a city the size of 10 times the size of New York. Okay. So if you if you could just think about having your 10 foot, your 10 square foot cubicle inside the Empire State Building would be just your little neat, your little corner of your industry on the internet. Right. And if you think people are going to be able to go through the front door of the Empire State Building and know and recognize your cubicle out of all of those without you telling them where it's at, you're you're mistaken. Just <laughs> it sounds so simple, but it's it's amazing how time and time again people don't realize that, right? Right. And exactly. Yeah. And and, the, and then it's like, well, then I just I uh, put ads out, and and it, all the ads will work, right? That's mm -hmm. the second mistake we we run into with business owners who think, well, you're the professional, you know how to write ad copy. You've been writing ad copy for decades now. So you should just be able to write ad copy that everybody's going to, to resonate with this. Yes and no. Um, do I hit the base runs and, and more so than the, the layman? Yeah, of course. Do I hit home runs every time? Absolutely not, because that's not how marketing is. And to say that I, I have award-winning uh, campaigns that I just borrow from them to do the next one, no, it's always different. We always have to be reinventing the wheel when it comes to selling the services, even if it's the same one, because every business is different. It is unique. And if it's not unique, it's destined to fail because you're as a service base, especially B2B, if you can't figure out your differentiation from your competitors, you are nothing to everyone. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love how you brought that um, that topic up about like one size does not fit all. Oh gosh! Right, yeah, and uh, <laughs> and, and and I think I, I want to throw in another question for you, Michael. Like, um, this sounds like table stakes for marketers, but do you feel more often than not that there's also a gap between you know, especially with companies that you work with, between their understanding of who their customers are and who they actually should be targeting and reaching out to? <laughs> yes, I find that it is always good to visit the perfect client scenario and really dive deep in there and figure out how profitable they think that client is and explore. Like just because you've got a group of clients in a certain sector that you feel like you've got to, you got to jam on with that. If you can't replicate that relationship over and over, then it's not the most profitable type of client. It might be a favored type of client and that's great, but you might not have found that home run, grand slam, this is the perfect client that we can create a system around every single time. Because it doesn't matter what you're doing, the system is going to allow for the unique individual companies that you're serving. You're, each of the clients are going to be in, have their individual issues, right? But your system allows for that. But if you have varying needs, the system can't allow for that, right? And so if you have one to two systems that you can plug people into your perfect types of clients, you're going to be so much more efficient and therefore more profitable every single time. And the morale of your company is going to be better. And guess what? Your salespeople are going to be a lot happier because you can continue to get social proof through the testimonies of all of those companies. You keep hitting grand slam after grand slam after grand slam for. Yeah, that's absolutely right. That's absolutely right. 
understanding who your customer is and why. And I might even add who your customer is not. Oh right? my gosh. Yes. Qualifying. <laughs> and so people talk about qualified prospects. I also talk about weeding out the disqualified or disqualified prospects because the phone call that you don't take can be as profitable as the phone calls you do take. And an amen to that. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to us about a uh, challenge uh, that you and your team have managed to solve in the past 12 months. Oh, my gosh. How many? Just pick one. Just pick one. Oh. oh, my gosh. Okay. So I had a client who is a fractional CFO. Okay. Wonderful gentleman. He's been a CFO and helped a couple companies grow into tens of millions of dollars through his financial prowess, right? And he was breaking off into his own company. And he had a firm that he had hired to build him a website. Now, he was under the impression that he was going to be able to create a network of other service providers outside the financial industry and then, and then basically coalesce a little network that would then serve clients. And so he would get kind of back channel pay for each of those pillars. The challenge was to talk him out of that <laughs> because that is a bad business plan because you're going to confuse it. And one of the things we had to talk about is like, you want, you want to serve a very tight niche. And what he was afraid of is that being niched down was not going to provide enough opportunity. But what I was showing him is that the diversity that he was showing prospects was not going to connect with people because not everybody needs all those things. And people are simple when it comes to their problems, right? They come in and they say, I want this, or I think I need this. And, and that is singular. And so when you're in there and you basically are the super Walmart of services to somebody, they're just going to get lost in the aisles because you can put the signs all over the place to say, if you need this and you need this and you need this and you need this. It, after a while, there's like, no, 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 I don't want to walk all the way back to the back to get this one thing. I can just go to the convenience store and grab that, grab that right? And so our challenge was to then reframe that into something that had substance because he was only giving one service, which was fractional CFO services to construction companies that were doing 10 million or more. Okay. That's a very tight niche, but there's a lot of them out there. There's a lot of opportunity. So we had to show him how much opportunity was out there, how he could touch those without having to spend millions of dollars in advertising, and then structure his content for his website in a singular fashion that was talking directly to a construction company doing $10 million having cash flow issues and that, that he was the guy to talk to. And so, and yeah. I know this is long, but we just got, we just confirmed he did, we, we created a, a uh, construct, a framework that he could sell off of. And he then made that into a keynote. He did one keynote with 12 companies in the room. He had two clients closed worth over a hundred thousand dollars combined for their first six months of business. Not too shabby, I'd say, huh? Like, no, not at all. <laughs> He's very, very happy. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's a great story. And okay. we did it in yeah. we did it in less than ninety days. Less than ninety days. Wow. Less than ninety days. We did all of that. We we launched a website that actually mm. talked to his as perfect client. Yeah. We created a framework that he could talk to and sell from. And he's not a salesman. He's a CFO. Okay. Like I'm telling you, this guy. If you ever met a CFO, you know what I'm talking about. I and have. he closed two. <laughs> I mean, to sign on with this guy is 50 grand up front for the first 90 days. And he sold that twice in a two-week period after his first public speaking engagement using the framework we built out for him. 
that that is incredible that's super impressive <laughs> wow yeah um, i was i was like this I'm like you yeah fifty thousand dollars is your opening offer okay here we go <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah no that's absolutely amazing that's absolutely yeah. amazing and and you know something that you just said you, you know while you were highlighting this case study um it's a beautiful segue into the next question because you know it's it's talking about taking a step back and strategizing so from your experience and you know dealing with uh, service-based uh, B2B companies, what role do you think strategy plays when it comes to generating more qualified leads for your website? <laughs> it's everything. It's what right. my book's about. Mm. Um, because if you don't have a strong strategy, you are going to be floundering around. Um, I have a, uh, there's a saying out there that says, 50% of your marketing is working. The problem is most people don't know which 50% are working. So if you don't have a strong strategy, you don't have a good direction. And good strategy also includes uh, the process in which you're going to evaluate your successes and your failures. So if you don't start with a strong strategy and start with a good plan on how to evaluate the success of your strategy, you will always be wondering which 50% of your marketing is actually just burning money. That's absolutely right. That's absolutely right. You made me think of another question because, uh, and I'm sure you get this all the time, like when you're dealing with uh, these key decision makers, do you feel that sometimes, uh, especially when it comes to websites, right? More often than not, do they tend to be a little bit impatient? Like they want to, they want to see the results right away. I mean, how, how do you deal with a situation like that? So my, my job as a marketing consultant, you know, I, I'm hired many times as a fractional CMO and I work with medium-sized companies, I'll usually be the confidant to the marketing director. So instead of bringing on a quarter million dollar payroll, the firm has a strong director marketing. And so as the, the CMO, I, my job is to establish reasonable expectations. And within that reasonable expectations are the timelines in which we should expect results. And then what level of results should we be looking for. And as long as we're evaluating everything correctly and tracking all of the, the, the statistics and the data points and all that good stuff, KPIs and key performance indicators properly, we should always know where we're at so that if somebody does get impatient, I can at least show them the ticks to each of the markers of success so that they understand we are working in line with our goals, but that Rome wasn't built in the day. That's a great answer. And it's going back to what you said earlier. I mean, like, uh, A, it's a team sport and B, it's a process. Right. right? If, if, it was, if it was just a matter of flipping a couple of switches, we would all be billionaires. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> just, just download this app and boom, presto, you got your website. <laughs> Every SaaS company's dream, right? Just download this, we'll be rich. You know, And if we just run this one Facebook ad, you know, we'll have thousands yeah. of people. So we'll have a long runway to figure it out as we go, right? Oh, and it's just not yeah. how it goes. You know, we, yeah. we're we always testing. We're always experimenting. We're always asking what can be better, what isn't working. We're always scrutinizing. Because when you get comfortable is when you start losing market share, period, end of story. People who aren't pushing and innovating are the ones who are in a dying company. Complacency kills, as they say, right? Oh my gosh, it does. And digital marketing, a good digital marketer is forced into innovation because if you're not innovating, you are so far behind. If you're always reacting, you're basically a technician and technicians only can grow so much. That's absolutely right. That's absolutely right. Hey, it's Christian Klepp here. 
We'll get back to the episode in a second, but first, is your brand struggling to cut through the noise? Are you trying to find more effective ways to reach your target audience and boost sales? Are you trying to pivot your business? If so, book a call with Einblick Consulting. Our experienced consultants will work with you to help your B2B business to succeed and scale. Go to www.einblick.co for more information. You brought up some of these points already in the past couple of minutes, but you know, just um, for good measure, give us something actionable here. Okay, so what can B2B marketers and business owners do right now to help to simplify the marketing process and generate more qualified leads from the okay. websites? Let's do let's do three things. Okay. Real quick. I can do this in four minutes. Ready? Sure. Okay, here it goes. First, we have to take a look at what we are measuring. Within that exercise, we need to make sure that what we're measuring is accurate. Once we understand where we stand from what we're measuring, we can now identify our weaknesses. We can do a SWOT analysis of our market. Where are our strengths, our weaknesses? What, where do we have opportunities? Where are threats, right? Once we've done that, then we can create strategies on building upon the strengths, eliminating the weaknesses, taking advantage of the opportunities, right? And creating that strategy again. And then boil it all down to your perfect client. So your actions there are to make sure, to look at what you're measuring. If you're not measuring anything, learn how to measure and learn what to measure. Now, the rule of 26 actually tells you that the only three things you need to measure to double the revenue from your website, which is your traffic, your conversion rate, and your average value per client, right? And so for established businesses, I tell them, if you can increase each of those KPIs by 26%, you will get a compounded outcome of 100% more revenue. So make sure that you're measuring create a synopsis or create a SWOT analysis of what you have measured, and then make sure that that strategy meets directly to your perfect client. Don't look at anything else except your perfect client. Sounds simple enough, yet, um, you know, the implementation <laughs> is probably a different story, right? Like, <laughs> Well, it is, it is. Uh, in the book, I do, I do give tips and tricks on how to do all of those. And I even offer um, a free service of helping people set up their analytics if they don't know how to do that themselves, because there's no reason for anybody to, you know, stumble through Google Analytics to try to figure out how to set it up when we can do it in 10 minutes. And I have no problem helping somebody do that because I am on a mission to double the revenue of 10,000 businesses in the United States and Canada. So, <laughs> and you have done it, right? I've done it you many, been, many you times. Have done it, you have been doing it, right? Exactly. I've been doing it for 17 years. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. That's amazing. I mean, short of stating the obvious trends come and go, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that have been happening in the past uh, two years and whatnot. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna mention the word, but um, right. what are some of the key website trends uh, that you've seen out there? Um, be they major shifts or just just trends that uh, B2B marketers should be aware of? I think the biggest trend that we're going through right now is story branding. Can't remember the name of the gentleman who wrote the book, but there's a book called Story Brand. Say again, Donald Miller. Donald Donald Miller. Thank you very much. Yeah, that's it. So he is he's a genius when it comes to story branding, and branding yeah. is a sector of marketing. So a lot of people forget that digital marketers are not generalist marketers. Okay, so when you go to a digital marketer, they don't always understand branding. Now, 
I built my company first as a branding, a media production and branding company. And then we dove in over the years into digital marketing. And now we have a division that just does digital marketing. But within that, we have a fractional CMO. And a fractional CMO is going to need to know story branding. But the trend is to talk to the pain of your perfect prospect. So many B2B websites are stuffed with who the service provider is and how awesome they are and all the cool things they do. Great. So can everybody else. But what people are not there for to hear about how awesome you are, they're there to find a solution to their pain. Okay. Every service provider does one of two things. Solves a problem, i.e. eliminates pain, or helps people realize their dream. It's the only two things service providers do, okay? If your website's not talking directly to the pain point or the dream of their prospects, you're just leaving money for your competitors to pick up. That's absolutely right. That's absolutely right. And, uh, you know, you see it time and time again, right? Like, you, go, you just take your pick with whichever website it is. Oh, yeah. They're focusing way too much on product features and our proprietary technology, and we are certified in this and that and uh, mm -hmm. what, where's the customer and all that <laughs> right right they assume that we understand as a consumer i understand what you're selling I, yeah. i've been to SaaS websites where i'm like what does this thing do yeah. <laughs> i clicked i clicked on an ad the other day yeah because i do market research for SaaS. Sure. i have SaaS products you know for marketing mm -hmm. and you know so and i had to learn that because it's a different type of marketing right SaaS platforms Versus a service, so a service selling a service versus a software as a service, they're a little different, right? They have different uh, client um, uh, journeys, right? It's just so a little I, bit, I'm, just a little bit, right? And I focus on the service space, like humans serving yeah. humans, which is great. Right. But I was I click on ads every once in a while that are other SaaS, and I'm like, I went to the thing, and it didn't even say what the thing did. Like it, I'm like, you just sign up and you figure it out. I'm like, I, I don't understand. No, no, no. <laughs> like, I'm not going to give you my information just because you say it, it hinted the name of the, the software hinted at what it did. But even in the comments, you saw like, what does it do? Your website doesn't show anything. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh my gosh, you guys really missed it on this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, I, that's exactly right. But, you know, looking at it from a more uh, constructive perspective, um, it's because uh, there are websites like that out, uh, uh, still websites like that out there, I should say, um, that opportunities for people like yourself exist. Right? Oh, I, I have a lot of job security because right when I, if, even if I touched every website in the United States, Canada, yeah. um, I would, by the time I got done with the last one, I'd have to start back over the first one because the whole game would change. By then. It is so much out there for that. And that's why I love collaborating with other marketers. I love collaborating with marketing departments so we can yeah. leverage time, get things done faster Absolutely. instead of trying to take it all. Like, I used to own an ad agency and we did that. We'd be like, oh, we'll do it all. Well, versus what resources do you have in your back pocket already in place that I can leverage and help you become more successful faster? Yeah, that's Fine. absolutely right. That's absolutely right. Fantastic. Here comes the bonus question of the day, Michael. So okay. um, <laughs> you ready for this? I'm so ready. If you had 10 times the marketing budget you've got right now, what would you spend it on and why? For my company? Oh, just 
let's say that you are the CMO of a company. Okay. Right? Of like a service-based company. Service-based company. Yeah. Okay. If I was, and I had, and all of a sudden I got 10 times the budget I had yesterday yep. yes. for 2022. Mm-hmm. I would do a, a few things. One, I would get into my search marketing, organic. I would explore my paid marketing, uh, paid search marketing. I would, find, and then I would invest in content marketing. Between those three things right there, I will build enough authority and visibility for people looking specifically for my services and establish myself as the authority to give that service that I'll have more business than I could ever handle. Sounds like a plan to me, man. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's how I do. Yeah, do that for me. (laughs) Hey, listen, I asked you the question. You gave an answer. I got to be prepared for that answer, right? So, (laughs) oh, hey, listen, I know. I, I, I know you've been on your soapbox now, but just please stay up there for a while longer because I got two okay. more questions for you. Okay. Okay. First question. A status quo in your area of expertise and specifically here websites for uh, B2B service companies. Mm-hmm. A status quo that you passionately disagree with and why? That we can utilize LinkedIn for our B2B lead gen and rely on. That right there is not the one solution. And anybody who's working with one solution to get all of their lead gen for their business to business company is going to lose. Just in the last few months, LinkedIn by itself said, hey, listen, we don't want you using our uh, platform as a prospecting platform. And so they reduced how many people you can reach out to by 80%. There are now companies who are out of business because of that. Because all of their service was wrapped around the ability to reach out to 100, I'm sorry, yeah, reach out to 100 people a day, every day, right? Up to 500, I think it was 500 a week. Now you can get 100 a week, right? So that right there is, is what happens in marketing, especially digital marketing. Something new comes out, it becomes, it's something that people can leverage and then other people spoil it. And so that's the one that, um, I wish people hadn't done. Maybe this will be better um, for LinkedIn in, in the overall scheme of things. But I monitor who looks at my my LinkedIn, and I'm telling you, it's mostly just people trying to sell me stuff. It's not a lot of prospects as much as it used to be. Absolutely, I'm the same way. I mean, every time every time I click on who's viewed your profile, they pretty much belong into that. They they all fall into that similar category, right? Yeah, right. Lead Someone gen. On- Business yep. developer, yep. Uh, software company, dot, mm-hmm. dot, 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 you know, all of those right there, you know. So what I tell people, though, is social media is a very strong conversion tool. Yeah. So if you look at search marketing, it's seven times more profitable than social media as a lead generation version. Okay. So when we look at social media, we just have to realize that 68% of people who find you on, uh, find you in any way are going to go to the website. Well, once they go to the website. They're going to go to your social media to find out who you are as a person because you, and, and when I say person, company, companies have personalities. Your brand lives and breathes like a human. It, it talks to people, right? And if it doesn't, you need to fix it. You don't have a story brand if you're not talking to people because people buy from people they like and trust. So if you don't make your brand personable, you're missing out. You're not ever going to connect with as many people as you possibly could 
if you find that voice for your company. And that was one of many mic drops in today's conversation. <laughs> no, I, I totally agree with you. Totally agree with you there. Um, it's, um, it's an opportunity that not many people um, are taking advantage of or they overlook it. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people are like, are you an SEO company? It's like, we're not an SEO company. We just we definitely believe that search marketing is where you can find the most. It, when it comes to the, the, the customer journey, yeah. If you can grab them at the search in their search queries, yeah. you are in their one of three phases out of six. They're mm -hmm. actually the closest to a buying position. So, right. you know, why not leverage where you can have the most leverage, right? Exactly. You stick it in there and you can pull on it and you're going to get a lot better than if you're just trying to stir up at the top and flag people in and waste all your time with people who are never going to buy from. Absolutely. Absolutely. You said there's two bonus questions? Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm about to ask the second one. Yeah, I haven't forgotten. Don't worry. Um, just to wrap it up, like, you know, you've given a lot of great advice, but if you were to like, let's funnel it down to two things, right? So what is one thing you think people should start doing and one thing people should stop doing when it comes to, uh, you know, generating uh, leads from the website? That's that's a tough question. Yeah, no. Good job. Good job. All right. Give me a second here. All right. Sure. Let's start looking at our website from the from the perspective of our prospects. Let's stop yeah. bragging about all the things we can do on our website. Conversion rates are so low because people don't set them up in a way that is consumable by the people that most need them. And you're doing it just justice to your your service, your community that you serve in the industry that you're in by doing that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Michael, this was dynamite stuff, man. I mean, once again, thank you so much for coming on. And please do a quick intro to yourself and uh, let people out there know how they can get in touch with you. Sure. Thank you so much for having me, by the way. It was an honor to, to share with your audience. I hope everybody got something from that, Pleasure. at least one nugget. Oh, yeah. um, my name is Michael Bozinski. I am the founder, president, and CMO of Buzzworthy Integrated Marketing. I'm also the author of The Rule of 26. You heard us talk about some of the KPIs that will double the revenue from your website for service-based businesses. Um, you can reach us at buzzworthy.biz. Um, we also have the book is right there at the top of that page with along with all of our services and, and pains that we solve. And, or if you just want to check out the book, you can see it on Amazon or at therule26.com. Fantastic. Michael, thanks again um, for this uh, thought-provoking conversation. I mean, I definitely took a copious <laughs> amount of notes. So. I see the carpal tunnel just flaring up. In your right yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but truly, thanks again for your time. It was, uh, it was an absolute pleasure. So take care, stay safe, and uh, talk to you soon. All right, take it easy. Thanks. All right, bye for now. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the B2B Marketers on a Mission podcast. To learn more about what we do here at Einblick, please visit our website at www.einblick.co and be sure to subscribe to the show on iTunes or your favorite podcast player.